Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another incredible episode. I am interviewing uh, my next guest on a fresh on a Monday morning. And as I was just saying on one of our 10 minute bursts of innovation, I love Mondays because this is where I get to interview people and get back at it. And I love my rejuvenation of my weekends, but I, I don't know. I just, I love that I get to interview everyday innovators from across the globe starting Monday morning at 9 a.m. So for me, it totally works. And today's going to be no exception. Let me tell you a little bit about Matthew. I'm going to let him introduce himself, but let me tell you a little bit about the type of everyday innovator he is. And for those of you everyday innovators out there listening, I want you to just listen for how he talks and how he innovates and the businesses he's built and all of it. You're going to hear his results um, in our conversation. I know that for sure. So Matthew is a futuristic instinctual. So that means the futuristic side is all about today's problems become tomorrow's opportunities. It's about seeing 10 steps ahead. Futuristics are very good at the kind of that forest through the trees. They're the ones that, you know, you have an idea and they're like, yeah, and this is how it's going to impact eight other things down the road. They're the ones who see how it kind of all comes together in the path ahead. And then the instinctual side is a much more circuitous way of thinking and innovating. So let's say most of us go from A to B to C to D. Instinctuals tend to go from A to X over to L, back to A, and then maybe throw in a one or two in there. But because of that, they tend to connect dots in new and meaningful ways. So they're really good at taking information, but then seeing the insights and the patterns where a lot of us miss it, especially where we even see random things. So the futuristic and the instinctual come together to create forward connective innovation, which is very cool. Think about that for a second. It's like built on patterns and themes and driven into the future. So with that, why don't we get to talking to our guest today? Matthew, welcome to the show. Tell the world a little bit about who you are and the world that you are in. Well, first, Tamara, thank you for having me. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm a physical therapist and I, um, I got my degree in 2000 and by 2004, I do have an entrepreneurial spirit. And when I've taken that test, um, I come up as altru altruistic. So mm. I, um, I'm really very much about solving, you know, problems and, and, and doing something that's going to be good for society. So that's the, the, the basis of when I started Fisher physical therapy in Helena, Montana. And, and in 2000, um, eight, some things happened. And I started a secondary little business called One Wellness. And that is to kind of get outside of just physical therapy into the broader realm of wellness, which is a big passion of mine. Um, it wasn't there probably within a year later, I, I made a statement that I wanted to come up with something better than yoga. And immediately I started to get insights at that time. And um, I started jotting them down and by um, 2010, I launched my first class and I called it core reprogramming. So that's my, that's my biggest passion in life right now is core reprogramming. And, and, um, and so just to kind of fast forward along, um, I never intended from the beginning to develop or an invention out of this whole concept. But uh, in the past few years, I've developed an invention that I call the core reprogramming activator. 
And it is really designed to fast track, to simplify things that are very deep and complex and to fast track that process, hopefully so anybody can do it at home. I'm very much into consumer advocacy. I feel like I'm in a medical system that is quite broken and uh, dysfunctional, to be honest with you. And so physical, I can't contain myself inside of the physical therapy field. I have to branch outside of that. So um, yeah, that's, a, that's a, just a, a brief overview. Can I just back up and ask you a question, Matthew? Because you, you said something kind of interesting that made my eyes get a little wide. You said, you know, I just, I wanted something different than yoga, right? Or I wanted to reinvent yoga. I can't remember exactly the way you said it, but I was like, huh, like what, what, what was it you were trying to solve for? When you were having those thoughts? Well, to be totally honest with you, I didn't totally know at the time. That was back in 2007 or 2008. I made that statement um, knowing that uh, the deepest problems of our time are not being solved in, in most places that I could, could I, that I could see mm. and that needed something. That American life now is far different than it was 50 years ago. And it's far different than it was 2000 and 3000 years ago. So we needed a system that's going to address the problems that I would like to get into a little bit of our times, which um, are, are related to the nervous system. To be totally honest with you, we, you have to get into deep neuroscience to be able to, um, to do this. And I didn't find that yoga was, um, uh, it was definitely gaining a lot of pop popularity. I didn't feel like that was, um, the, the place to do it. I, I had a, um, a situation about five years ago where one of the prominent yoga instructors in our town came to me and said, um, she said, you know, a lot of the instructors are getting hurt. A lot of the, 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 the participants are having injuries and she wanted to get my perspective. And I not saying I'm an expert in yoga, but um, when she was saying this, um, this uh, image flashed into my head of somebody with their body going up the wall and their head on the floor. So it'd be like an L. So I asked her, is there a, a, a pose that you do this? And she said, uh, yes, there is. And the one instructor was doing that before the class started. And she couldn't move for like a half an hour afterward. And I said, nobody in America should do that because if you understand what's going on in people's neck with the instability and the degeneration, nobody should do that. And so we can't just take things from the past and just apply them all to today and expect that they're going to work um, and be applicable. So when you're talking about the change, I'm assuming just to maybe oversimplify it for a second, you said kind of how we live today versus like 3000 years ago. You kind of referring to the fact that um, we eat more, we sit more, we're less mobile, um, especially now with work from home, I feel like we're even less mobile. Like I sit, my hips are killing me. Like I sit all day long. So yeah. is that kind of what you're referring to when you're talking about like today versus yesterday? Yeah, we have a big change and a challenge coming down the pike. I've been seeing it since 2003 when I started to talk about stress. I wanted to get into the neuroscience. I would say, say something like this. When I think I'm, I was born in 1972. I spent most of my, my time growing up in a little town in Montana. And, um, when we, when I look back and, and I look at the options that we had back in 1972, when we had 200 million Americans and now we have 330 million. So the, the population is, is not even doubled, but I think that we have 50 times more options to help the body today than we mm -hmm. did then. 
And I think that our problems are probably 50 times worse. And mm -hmm. I, and, and so th th that should make people just kind of step back and, and think about this a little bit. We have tremendous amount of options and we have more and more problems and there's more yeah. and more PTs and chiropractors and acupuncturists and massage and all of these things opening up. So yeah, we are, we're dealing with stress at epidemic levels. That's now going to go to a whole nother level post COVID, um, you know, the, 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 the potential of a world war, that kind of a thing. We're not dealing with a lot of those, those post, those past traumas and injuries appropriately, because we're not getting into the nervous system. Um, so what you're going to see is just more health problems on the rise until we can dial in and get into the deep root cause of the breakdown. And we have to understand the nervous system. And I don't see many people, even professionally, that are really trying to, to go deep into that breakdown. So given all that, uh, and I totally, I'm with you on all that stuff, like we have more resources than ever before, yet more problems. And yeah, yeah so I'm with, I'm hundred percent with you on that. Given all of that, what's a recent win or something that you're proud of and maybe helping solve all this? Well, the, the recent thing that my whole focus is, is going towards is my, my tool called the core reprogramming activator. So, um, again, there's, there is really, um, it, it, when we talk about the core, it's not the six pack muscles. It's not even just like the transverse versus abdominus. It goes into some really deep things that basically affect it. Even your attitude affects your core. Your whether your eyes look up and down affects your core. I'm There's sitting a lot straighter now, Matthew. I just want to let you know. <laughs> so, so it's very complex. Like if you're holding resentment about something that affects your core. Yeah. My, my whole goal is to take and simplify that for the consumer to be able, and that's what this tool does is to fast track the prop, the, the uh, process down into the deep and to, and to, to kind of touch upon that. So that is, that is my real thing that I'm proud of as a physical therapist. I used to be very much neurologically driven with manual therapy techniques. So this is always my identity as a PT is to do really specific neurological based manual therapy techniques. Now I'm shifting to where I can't believe I'm saying this, but we actually can through an exercise, if we understand the nervous system, we actually can use a tool to tap into, to hack into these deep parts of the nervous system and, and access it on our own, which is, is very, like, I love the whole idea of people taking personal responsibility for themselves and not giving that away to, to other people. So. Oh my gosh, I just had that conversation with my 17-year-old child. <laughs> so the very appropriate timing. Um, I want to go back to something you said though. It's a little bit of a tangent, but I think it really is important and you have the expertise to kind of answer it. You had talked about like your attitude affects your core, like your emotions affect your core. Will you just talk a little bit about that? Because I, I think we often underestimate the connection between our mental and our physical. Okay, so to kind of dissect that down is always hard for me because I'm uh, um, I've got my mind. You you say instinctual, and yeah. I always got random. Yeah. So now I adjust that down. Um, yeah, uh, mindset is super important. Like for us to get. So one of the things, just with when I get people going with core reprogramming, I just give them what's called the core reprogramming super bridge. And, and that is the beautiful thing about that is you don't need any equipment. You can just do it at home. And, and, and so there's steps that you go through. And the first step is, um, you know, what are your thoughts and your intentions? Because 
we we live in a culture where you go into gyms and people are sitting there um, walking on treadmills watching CNN. And I I am trying to uh, turn this into an integrated whole. And you have to. So so it, let's just say that you're in a negative mindset. Your core will not fire as well. Mm. You won't be able to go out there and perform. So how do we change that? We can change the meaning of what's going on, we can say, yeah, this sucks, but um, there's value in it. There's value in me going through this. We can change our intention and 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 we can say, um, my life is a lot better, or not change our intention, change our uh, perspective. We can say our life's a lot better than someone in Ukraine right now. I, I have a lot to be thankful for. And we can change our focus. And when we do that, it's just that mind-body connection, everything. Mm-hmm to come in into alignment if you're going to go into a battle or a big sports event you got to go through diff, different mental you know processes in order to get the body to function correctly i feel like you just read my mind matthew because in my head i was thinking you know we assume or we expect our athletes to be in the right mindset before they get on the field they expect to be in the right mindset yet we don't apply that to our day-to-day so we get up and we watch the news or we put cnn on or fox news whatever you watch right? While you're on the treadmill and it's working against what we're trying to accomplish, right? Yet in our day-to-day lives, we don't, why wouldn't we take that same mentality of, all right, I'm going to put myself in the right mindset. And you kind of said it, I just want to highlight it is if our mindset is right, our core is firing. And if it's not right, if we're stressing ourselves out, then our core is not firing. And if nothing else for that reason, like turn off the news or whatever you have to do to get to the right mindset. But that's a really important connection that we don't, we don't often think about. One of the biggest things to take away from this that I would want anybody to benefit from is that we often do things with good intentions, but we're often fighting against our nervous yeah. system. So mm-hmm. you have tight, tight hip flexors and you and what it, and so what do people think? Well, I got to stretch out my hip flexors. I say that's not going to get you there because you're fighting against something that's very deep. Fight, flight, freeze. When we get into really deep parts of our nervous system, those are reflexes yeah. that if we want to go against, we'll always lose. So stretching isn't actually the answer. We have to go in deep and reprogram the nervous system to get the glutes to start to fire and get the iliopsoas to release and things like that. Yeah. So we, we got we to gotta understand the design of the nervous system in order to best tap in and get the result we want. Yeah, that's really powerful stuff. So I want to take it to you for a second. Um, what's the challenge that you faced and how have you overcome it? Well, related to what I'm, what I'm saying, um, <laughs> when, I, when I started this whole journey, I didn't know how hard this is going to be. I think when you're an innovator and you want to tackle deep problems, yeah. you've got to go into the deep. So this has been a tremendous amount of adversity for me to mm-hmm. fight through the whole system. I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm going against the whole system, uh, even even in my own profession, um, in the medical system, for sure, orthopedic surgeons look at the body as a machine with parts. So they're very off track um, with, with what I'm trying to say. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's been, you gotta, you gotta be able to go deep and find, you know, your reasons why, um, and, and follow the dream. I can't get the dream to leave me at this point. So I just have to keep going with it. It's just part of my DNA. So, uh, you know, ultimately it's just working through adversity with a lot of, uh, 
you know, healthy means. And, and, and it's just one, it's been one challenge after another, to be honest with you. But I think that um, I've been thinking about the obstacle is the way as people say, and then someone recently said, um, life is the obstacle, there's no underlying path. The obstacle is actually, I think, what gets us the result that we want. We want peace, love, and joy, and those kind of things. And it's by working through the obstacle that we end up getting there. So we have to kind of embrace the challenge. And that's what I do. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on With Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff Zoe is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition. And I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD dog treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. I want to ask you a question because um, I think what you're saying is really, it really resonates and, and I think it's really important, especially when you're fighting um, a bigger fight, right? And, and I think whether that fight is an entire healthcare system or your boss at work or just your family who uh, loves you, but maybe doesn't support you the way you expected them to when you try to do big things. That we get resistance in a lot of ways, but you said the dream just, I couldn't get the dream to leave me. I think that's what you said. Um, Will you just talk a little bit about that? Because to me, that's the nudge that keeps going, right? It's that internal voice that just won't go away. And like, I just, I'm curious how it showed up for you and how you, how you dealt with it or how you thought about it. You know, I knew I had gifts and I see a lot of problems in the world and I'm very empathic. So I'm very sensitive to those problems and the pain. And I've, and I've gone through, uh, you know, a lot of levels of those different pains. So, um, so, you know, I remember uh, way back in like 2004, I had this idea that, you know, um, 
you know, I live in the state capital of Montana, so I can make an impact in, in, in Helena and Helena is part of this capital of Montana. So that can impact the state of Montana. Montana is part of the, the United States. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and it's like, I can actually impact the world. You know, I had these thoughts and I don't think that highly of myself, but I truly feel like life goes by fast and we've got to, I mean, I'll be on my deathbed pretty soon and I don't want to be squirming around. So I want to be using my time to, to help, you know, solve, you know, these big problems. So it's just, I kind of wired myself that way more and more as I followed that path that I'm here to be a man of the heart and not just uh, the left brain, you know, stressed, you know, state that you typically see. And um, it's a, someone once said, you know, pain is related to the word passion. I want to be a passionate person. You got to be willing to embrace some pain Mm -hmm. if you really want to get to that heart level. So it's just a path. It's it's hard to explain, I guess, but it's a path that I chose. Um, at sometimes I've wanted to turn away for sure, but I'm sticking with it to the end. And I think the best is yet to come. So, well, on so many levels, good for you. Um, like, and, and I mean that truly. I don't mean that as a like, you know, good for you, buddy. I, I mean it as good for you for. Um, excuse me, for sticking to your passion, for believing in it, um, and knowing that you have something to contribute. And I really like the way you just, sorry, I really like the way you just um, broke down your impact. Like, I live here, and I'll make an impact in my city, and my city is connected to this state, and the state's connected to the US, and the US connected to the world. And what a great way for all of us to think about the impact we can make. Instead of thinking it's too small, it's insignificant, or it's too big, and I'll never make it happen kind of that impact chain, if you will, is is an easier way to think about it in some ways. Like it, it, it's a little bit of relief of like, oh, if I just think of it this way, it's possible, right? It's possible on both the big and the small side. And that's really cool. Um, I'm curious, what does it mean to you to be an everyday innovator? Well, I think um, it's just being myself. And even when I was just getting ready to, to, to join this interview, I just had to remind myself, just be you. You know, just be you. I didn't know. I never really had great awareness of what was going on Um, with my core reprogramming stuff. I have to admit, I don't study all this stuff and then figure it out. It literally just flashes when I'm not even trying. It flashes into my head and I go write it down and I and I organize it later. So so it's just going with the flow. Actually, um, I watched a couple of your interviews before I prepared prepared for this one. And I got to say, you said something that I thought was brilliant. You said, if you want to get into flow state, which is something I'm very, very interested in, you said, you just got to be you, basically, you got to be the futuristic instinctual person. And you spend a half an hour, you gave me permission to dream. Oh, thank you. That's not what I would think about to get into the flow state. And, and, and I, and I, now that that is a key part of my morning routine now. And that does work. And so, so honestly, it's just to kind of, to be, to be yourself and to, to know that you're different and it's okay to be really different. I'm really different than most people. You know, Matthew, it's so funny, the timing of all this, because just this morning I did a, I do these 10 minute bursts of innovation. So they're free. They're 10 minutes every Monday morning. They stream on LinkedIn. You can be on zoom with me and ask questions and chat And what we were talking about is exactly that, like not waiting to get into a state of flow or making it magical or surprising, um, but actually doing the activities that get you there because they're you, right? They're how your brain is wired. You just have to be willing 
to take the time to actually do it. And I love hearing you talk about it because that instinctual side is totally from the gut. People who are instinctual often report in our research talking about like, it just came to me, like you just said, because it's all this random stuff that comes together. Um, And it's so interesting to hear you say that, but thank you. I'm so glad that's the whole point. Like I want people to be innovators every day. And really all that means is figuring what works for you, right? And doing that. And I think the challenge a lot of us have is, and I, I was totally guilty of this for a long time, is we see how somebody else does it and we go, oh, well, that like that person on the cover of the magazine or that leader that I admire, this is how they do it. And so that's how I have to do it. Um, and I don't, that's not true. It doesn't work. So um, it's funny you said about the fight because I feel like I'm fighting against the innovation, you know, mythology that like it's this rare select airified air that gets to be innovators and it's bullshit. It's just bullshit. So anyway, so that's why I love interviewing people like you. I'm like, see, we're all innovators. So let me, let me ask you this. What do you do? You just said a little bit of it, right? With like the dreaming stuff. So I love that. When you think about your day to day, what else do you do to try to ignite innovation or creativity in your world? Well, um, I do like a morning routine and I, and mm-hmm. I do like an evening uh, ritual as well before I go to bed. Um, so there's a lot of steps that I do. I actually just use actually keynote slides and I, and I write those when I get a little gem, I put that in and I put mm-hmm. it in a sequence. I'm really big on sequence and, and I try to get myself in that zone. It doesn't, it, I have a lot on my plate, so it doesn't always work out, but, um, but I would say that's, that's kind of the key is I have to keep coming back because there's a lot of things that want to pull me yeah. off course yeah. and I have to come back and, and, and being careful not to listen to the wrong voices and those kind of things, because I, I can, I can be pretty sensitive to things and, um, and get off track. So it's even more important, I think, you know, to, to have a, a rhythm that you kind of get in and I'm not the most disciplined person in the world. Um, but um, I'm getting better, and and as the stakes get higher, and they are, and as my time arrives, which it, it's here, um, it's even more important for me to to be more disciplined. Yeah. When you talk about getting pulled off track, does that include also people who try to pull you back down, or don't necessarily believe in the vision, or is it just people wanting other stuff from you? I, I think staying on track is so important, and one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, no, I, I have felt that um, I, I don't know the whole, I don't, I don't know how to really explain it. But there, when you go to do something big, there's just people that stand in front of you. The good news is, is that that's an advantage because you have to fight against that and build an internal strength to be able to accomplish bigger things. So, so sometimes I complain a lot about it, but there's a value in that struggle back and forth yeah. as you become internally strong. I was talking again, talking to my son the other day about this, and I was I was talking about how it feels like death by a thousand cuts. And when you try to do something great or be great or take your own path, that you have to watch out because it doesn't what they do doesn't kill you. It's just little badges, right? It's like little cuts coming at you all the time, and you have to figure out how to how to have a thick enough skin to deal with it. Because they will cut, you're so right. When you do something great, whatever that is for you, it is amazing how that pulls out the insecurities and the resistance in other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is one piece of advice you have for everyday innovators out there who are looking to do something great and fight the big fight like you are? You know, honestly, um, 
you know, time, time is short. I, I would say this, I would, I would put yourself, um, I actually had um, a man die right in my arms. Like he mm. came in, he wasn't even a patient, but he came into the clinic and it's a long story, but he had an aortic aneurysm and, and at age 55, he just died mm. right there in my arms. And Sorry to hear uh, that. I, and that was, and that was a long time. That was 10 years ago or so, or 2007, I think. And actually uh, right before a lot of the stuff started, started to take off. Um, it, it rocked me to the core. It rocked me to the core yeah. and I had to, um, reevaluate my, my self identity. So, um, I would, I would look at life a little bit from the, the perspective of we're all going to be on our deathbed and, um, there's going to be five minutes to go. And, can we look back and, 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 and feel at peace about what we've done in this life to, 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 to invest in our relationships and, to, and to help the world become a better place. Um, you might even want to just go and lay down and put yourself on your deathbed and just process that and not be afraid of death. We're all going to die. But from that particular perspective, um, I know for me, it's another one of those ways where I'm able to really get to the heart and and to do those things that I don't feel like doing. I would say that when you're an innovator, there's going to be a lot of times where it's not going to feel real good. So you're going to have to have something deep to push you through that. And that might be a little a little tip is just to to try that little. Yeah. You know, I heard someone say once, I finish when I'm done, not when I'm tired. And I love that. I'm not saying we shouldn't sleep. I'm a huge fan of the afternoon nap, by the way. Like I take one almost every day. But um, what I took that to mean is kind of what you're saying, which is like, I want to, I want to get through my day and end it knowing that I did everything I could that day to do whatever it is to be the great person I want to be, you know, and could be. So not necessarily tired in the like literal sense of it, but in the sense of like, I finish when I, when I've done what I should do in this world, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's great advice to end on. And thank you for sharing that story. Um, fantastic. Great. Full of insights. I've got one last more personal question for you, which is what's one thing we'd be surprised to learn about you? Well, you know, people look at my life and they say, oh, you got such a great family and you got a, a practice and, and you got 10 acres here. And I, I really feel like people, um, I've never been a good charity case. I think people really think like, they don't understand what is in the background and I don't talk about it. And I, and I'm, I'm pretty private that way, but I think people would be surprised that I've, I've tasted the whole, it seems like the whole gamut of pain in a very deep way, possibly because I'm more empathic, but um, I think people would be surprised. Um, some of the things that I've actually gone through and I've done it without, you know, taking medications, which I'm not saying that I'm against that, but yep. I, I did it in natural ways. And, um, and I got through it and, and the worst of, of everything was, and a lot of people don't know this. I went through a couple of years of very deep depression, unmedicated where it felt like, like my head was dragging on the ground, um, from patient to patient to keep my practice open by far the worst pain, uh, yeah, of, of any of them. So, um, yeah, that would be probably the, the surprising thing. You know, I appreciate you sharing that. And, um, you know, I think we, it's like an iceberg. It's like the best analogy for everything, but you know, we only see the tip and we don't know what's happening underneath. And I always, with people who are, I know are struggling and people who I don't think are struggling, or I don't know what it took to get there. I try to remember that you just don't know what's going on behind closed doors anytime, you know, like it's easy to judge other people or think things are the way they are, but they're often not. 
So Matthew, thank you so much for joining me. This has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I really appreciate your perspective, your insights. And like I said, I, I really admire and I'm thankful that you're out there in the health world as someone who takes their health very seriously. Um, it is amazing how many people don't until it's a problem. And that's unfortunate. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.